It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Giants fans? Daryl Slater here with Bob Brookover, the latest episode of the Talk is Cheap Giants podcast from NJ Advanced Media, the Star Ledger, NJ.com, coming at you here on Tuesday, December the 13th, a couple days after the Giants, well, got obliterated by the Eagles. Uh, of course, it doesn't necessarily mean that the season is over, far from it. Uh, let's, real quick, before we launch into things, this is where the Giants are at, big picture wise. They started the season 6 and 1, then 7 and 2. They've hit a bit of a, uh, you know, to say the least, a slump here. They're seven, five, and one. They haven't won in four games. Um, they're one, four, and one since their uh, six and one start. Um, so seven, five, and one. Currently, the seventh and final seed in the NFC playoff pecking order. Uh, really tied with Washington, but Washington currently wins a tiebreaker or because they've uh, won a division game. But this game coming up Sunday night, massive one uh, in Washington. Sunday night football. Uh, the Giants really, this will determine the tiebreaker with Washington unless they tie again, uh, which I don't think is is likely. Um, so so this is where the Giants stand. You know, they, they need to start winning some games here. They finish up uh, with Washington, then go to Minnesota on Christmas Eve. Then they host the Colts in a very winnable game. And then January the 8th, well, maybe the 7th, uh, the finale in Philadelphia, which may be resting at starters, which is an important thing to look at here. So the Giants currently have seven and a half wins. The bottom line is they probably need to get to nine and a half wins to get in the playoffs. Seattle's the eight seed right now at six at seven and six. Detroit, the nine at six and seven. Detroit, and we'll, we'll get into all this, has a, really an outside chance here of pushing in. If you look at 538, the Giants currently still have a 45% chance of making the playoffs. So that's where they're at. Um, bottom line. It's not a must-win. It's not a winning in or a losing out on Sunday night in Washington, but it's a pretty darn important game, Bob. Uh, yes. They, I mean, the, the, the moment of reckoning has come for the Giants. Uh, they've been leaking oil for a while. Uh, and they, you know, the first half, the 6-2 the and two start, 6-1, and 6-2 start, 7-2 and two start, really, because they won the first game after the bye, um, has put them in this position. But – the the bad streak of football that they've been locked in needs to stop right now. Uh, you know, it, it it might not be a playoff game, but it's pretty much a playoff game. They they need they're going to play on a national stage Sunday night against a team they tied two weeks ago. That it, uh, you know they they had countless chances to put that game away and didn't. Now they need to go to Washington and win uh, in a very you know just a in a very difficult situation too, because commanders are coming off a bye week commanders are coming off a game against the giants. They got all week to rest up and study the giants while the Eagles or I mean, while the giants were getting their brains beat in by the, 
Eagles and, you know, for and suffering some more injuries. Uh, so um, so they're up against it. Let's put it that way. They are, no doubt. Um, and, and they, uh, you know, Washington being at home, another advantage there for Washington in this game. And, um, you know, you look at the, the game, the Giants with seven wins this year, uh, they've won four times as an underdog. Um, and you, it's the games you can imagine, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I go back and you know, Packers and Ravens and Titans and whatever, one other one in there. Um, and they got to go ahead and try to win as an under, underdog, obviously, this week. Um, right now, the line is, I don't know, whatever it is. So, four and a half, I think. Four and a half. So, uh, yeah, no, this is this is obviously, a, a, yeah, four, four and a half. One more thing on the on the playoff situation, just in terms of the nuts and bolts of it. It's important to remember that the Giants, because they have a tie, have seven and a half wins. And so unless Seattle or Detroit gets a tie, the tiebreaker against those two teams wouldn't come into play. Yes, Seattle and yes, Detroit both have the tiebreaker advantage over the Giants. But no, you can't tie unless, you know, Seattle also ties or Detroit ties. Does that make sense? So, um that makes perfect sense. Look, I mean, the Seattle or Detroit could beat the tiebreakers only in play here with the Commanders, right? And 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 really, uh, you know, this game is going to determine who has the advantage in that part of the pecking order here, unless they tie. Yeah, I know. I suppose it's possible. And uh, like you said, the Giants had every opportunity to win that game. They were not able to win it uh, two weeks ago, and so everything uh, looking in in the Commanders' favor in this game. Um, the Giants obviously trying to get some important players back healthy this week. I mean, you saw how depleted their secondary is. I mean, they've, they've tried to make this work without Adoree Jackson and Xavier McKinney, but the bottom line is it's just not sustainable. Like Fabian Moreau is not a number one or probably even number two starting cornerback. Darnay Holmes is in the slot. who's their starting slot cornerback has, you know, we got roasted and toasted last week. I mean, Terry McLaurin, um, you know, you ate their lunch a couple weeks ago and you, you wonder – how, how sustainable is this if they don't get some of these players back? And right now, here's where they're sitting on the injury front in terms of the team. That, you know, the Giants have had such an enormous amount of attrition. Xavier McKinney, Dory Jackson, Leonard Williams, uh, the three key defensive players who didn't play last week. We'll see. I mean, I, it's not a lock that any of those three are back. It's not. And, uh, you know, if I, I would, if I was asked, you know, put, put to it and said, who do you, which of those three do you think are going to play? I would say, I would say the, the best chance is probably Leonard Williams. Uh, you know, I don't think Dory's going to be ready. Um, and I am skeptical that Xavier is going to be ready. Um, you know, and, and those two are might be more important than, than, than Leonard, just because the, the secondary has been a real problem. Um, you know, in recent weeks, uh, they, it was just, it was a real, real problem against the Eagles. Although, you know, it's um, they're not the first team that's had problem against against the Eagles uh, wide receivers and quarterbacks. But you know, they were six and three when when uh, when Xavier went down. I guess our or when Dory went down, and they're both three and one since then. Been outscored one twenty one to seventy seven. Um, you know. It's not good. <laughs> it's not a good situation at all for the Giants. Uh, you know they they've defied they've defied things all year. Um, so here's a, here's another one. They were six and two at the bye week before uh, McKinney suffered his injury and given up three forty three hundred forty five yards a game, nineteen under twenty points a game, 
Since then, they're 1-3-1, one, one, have allowed 403 yards and 28 points a game. I mean, almost 10 points more and almost uh, 70 yards more. Yeah, um, I mean, they really they, missed them. What's, yeah, they, they, they have. And, you know, the one thing they made a big deal about, and I don't know how much it, it matters, is that, you know, they, they, they talk about – I think Xavier was the one who said this to me after the game on Sunday. Uh, you know, we need to communicate better. And he's obviously the guy in charge of communication for the back end of that defense. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how much that's a factor. It's impossible for us to know from where we sit. Um, but there's, there's obvious problems. And I, I would venture to say it's probably just more about, you know what, you got young guys uh, in the heat of this battle for the first time. The schedule, the strength of schedule uh, was elevated after the bye week. You know, it's just been a, a combination of the, the perfect storm for not being able to win games has hit the Giants. And, you know, there's not a lot they can do about it now except go play the commanders and see how see how it turns out. Look, I think the bottom line is, you know, this six and one start, seven and two kind of maybe lulled people into thinking that they, the Giants are going to cruise into the playoffs. And, um, you know, it was never going to be easy for this team. They have had a very small margin for error. You know, the roster is what it is, you know, not particularly talented. Um, so at seven, five and one, I think if anyone said, you know, you're, you're going to be seven, five and one going into the final four games, would you take it? Of course they would take it. I mean, people looked at this team and thought maybe they win five, four five, six games all year. Um, and so they're in a position where they're still defying expectations. And look, I think even if they don't make the playoffs, I, I we'll see how the season ends, you know, if we can deem it fully successful. Um, but they, they put themselves in a position and gave themselves a lot of wiggle room that they've now, you know, the wiggle room's gone, obviously, but um, they've sort of regressed a bit to what everyone thought they would be. But I think still, if you look at seven, five and one, they, they'd obviously take that now. Um, how sustainable it, it is, is any of it if, if they won't get McKinney back, Jackson, Leonard Williams, and you talk about some of the other injured guys, Ben Bredesen still dealing with his knee injury. Doesn't I mean Shane Lemieux and Josh Azudu, their left guard situation is is just a wreck right now because those are their three left guards and they're all hurt. Um, in terms of the you know, just putting a bow and the other injury stuff, D- Daniel Bellinger hurt his ribs on Sunday against the Eagles. Micah McFadden has got an ankle, I think a knee also. So, so neck, his neck, he had a stinger on. Yeah, so Richie James is in the concussion protocol. Now you talk about like, oh, Micah McFadden, well, he's playing a lot for them now. And Richie James, yeah, he's not a great I mean, Mike McFadden has essentially replaced Tay Crowder. Exactly. Uh, yeah, know, so, yeah, so yeah, James is not you know, <laughs> Devin Hester, but, you know, they need someone to catch punts. So um, right. so that, that's where they're at right now. You know, the, the other thing I was thinking about with, with, with McKinney and, and Jackson, you know, they, they weren't going to make a difference against the Eagles. They weren't going to win that game anyway. But if you go back to this 20-20 to 20 tie, uh, when when the commanders tie the game late, you know, they are two guys who could make a play, uh, you know, are, are good enough playmakers, you know, maybe come up with a pick or, you know, a big breakup. Um, so their presence there and that in that one game that looms so important now for the for the Giants, they could have been a difference. And now, you know, if they can't play this game again, it's going to loom as a as a as a big, big deal that they can't play in this game. Yeah, for sure. And injuries and, and and a poor secondary and a depleted secondary, certainly not the only issues for the Giants right now. They're dealing with their... I was just going to say, the one, you know, and the one other thing about, you know, about it is, which I wrote about yesterday, was is that both of those injuries could have been avoided. <laughs> Should have been avoided. 
Yeah, you know, between the Xavier McKinney's decision to get on the ATV in Mexico and Brian Dable's decision to put a Dory Jackson on a punt return against the Lions, uh, certainly definitely could have been avoided. Um, and, you know, that that's not, like I said, not their only issue. They're dealing with a situation where Saquon Barkley, their best offensive player, has not been productive now for four straight weeks uh, for various reasons. I mean, once they got behind by a lot last week, they were not going to keep pounding the, the running game. Um, but he not not only has he not been productive now, uh, he's dealing with a, with a neck injury that he's trying to fight through. And so uh, there's sort of the, the twin storylines here of like, how can they possibly win any of these games down the stretch if Barkley slumps, continues to slump? And, you know, if he continues to slump, how can you possibly pay him next offseason? And so uh, the more immediate concern, obviously, for the Giants is, is getting him productive and, 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 and turning this back into a semi-competent offense that can help them maybe win a game or two. Um, how, how concerning is it here with, with the way Barkley has performed and the fact that he's dealing with this neck injury now? Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that has to happen on Sunday night. They have to get Barkley going. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter at what point they get him going. They they need to he, – he needs to have one of those big games he had earlier in the season because if you, if you look at it, I mean, there's only – you know, really there's three guys on this team, that, uh, skill players right now, uh, that are healthy, semi-healthy in, in Barkley's case that are capable of making big plays. Jones, uh, Barkley, and Darius Slayton, uh, which is quite a story in itself. But, you know, after that, if not those three, who? Uh, you know, I, I guess they were hoping Bellinger could. And, he ha- you know, he has he's helped the offense since he's come back. But, again, now he's, now he's hurt again. So, uh, and really, Barkley's got to be the guy. And it, it's a lot to ask of a guy who's been – been um been beat up all season you know in addition to that in addition to the neck he's he's still got shoulder problems i think uh and maybe those two are connected who knows i mean uh, obviously they, they they can be um so you you wonder if he if he can get back to where he was and as you you, you kind of alluded to at the opening of this um if if he can't, how are the Giants taking all this in? Because they're still looking. Uh, Joe Shane and Brian Dable are still looking at the big picture, even as they focus on this playoff push. You know, okay, what do we do about Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones going forward? Um, you, you have to think they look at it and say, do we really want to invest in a guy who just plays this position? He's great at it, but he plays this position that you get beat up and this is what happens in this league. Um, you know, and if you do keep them, you need to get, you, you know, so many teams have gone to the two back system where they just try to keep, uh, you know, keep, keep guys fresh. Um, how would Barkley respond to that? A, but B, is that a better option for, for the giants going forward than the one where, you know, you have a feature back who by the end of the season is worn down. Yeah, I mean, speaking of worn down and and slowing down, uh, Barkley actually did a really nice job in the first half against the Commanders. If you go back and look at his carries from that first game two weeks ago, uh, his first ten carries gained sixty four yards, and that was the totality of his production in the in the first half. Um, and he closed out that half with a twenty one yard run. He had a thirteen yard touchdown in that first half, and then in the second half in overtime, like 
he ran eight times for minus one, which is almost impossible. I mean, so these were the these were his eight carries in the second half in overtime. Minus one, or I'm sorry, minus four, then one, then one, zero, then minus one, then zero, then minus three, and then five. Hmm. So a total of minus one yard on eight carries in the second half in overtime against the Commanders as the Giants, you know, basically wilted in that game. Um, so he was able to be productive against them early on. It'll be interesting to see how the Giants attack uh, Washington here in this game and how Washington, you know, with, with that fresh film on what they were able to do so well against Barkley in the second half attacks the, the strongest part of the Giants offense and tries to turn it into a weak point. And speaking of, you know, like one big picture problem with this Giants offense that certainly hasn't been a strong point is you wrote about it today, the lack of big plays. I mean, they're at the bottom of the league, especially in the passing game. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's a big problem and it was a problem last year a more explainable one last year because, you know, at certain points for, for long stretches, you're playing your backup and you're playing Jake Fromm. You're lucky to get plays, let alone big plays. You know, just get the play off when you have Jake Fromm as your quarterback. Um, but, you know, this year they've had a healthy Daniel Jones and Barkley has played every game uh, and, and come back to the level he was at as an elite back. And you're still not getting big plays, um, you know, that's something that it's not going to be able to change in the next four weeks. They, they are what they are. Uh, and maybe, maybe it's different if Wondell Robinson can play uh, a, a little bit different because he certainly has big play capability with his speed. Um, but it, it, it's, it's not going to change this year, but it needs to change next year. And, and Brian Dable and Joe Shane know that Brian Dable came from the bills who were, great at making big plays with Josh Allen and Steph, Stephon Diggs. And Mike Kafka came from the Chiefs who who spit out big plays every other play. Um, so these guys know that. Now they got to figure out how to fix it. But in the meantime, they got to play four more games and try to get into the playoffs. And, and at this point, every NFL team has played 13 games. So the, the total stats are you know equal. Um, but So the Chiefs lead the NFL right now with 60 passing plays of 20-plus yards. Um, and the well, my, Giants, favorite, my favorite stat there is <laughs> the Chiefs, counting their running plays this year, have 68 plays of 20 plus yards, which, which is how we define big plays in this case. 68 of them. The Giants have had 73 in the last two seasons. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> so go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. The Chiefs are far and away the top team. So, you know, the, 48 for the Dolphins are second, then 47 for the Bengals. So even if you look at the Chiefs as an outlier, you know, the really good NFL teams are 48, 47, 46, 45 passing plays of 20 plus uh, yards. I mean, even the Jaguars have 44 and the Eagles are 45. You talk about the Bills at 43. So the Giants currently have just 21 passing plays of 20 plus yards. The next worst team being being the Ravens at 27, the Falcons at 30, the Bears even at 31. So <laughs> to have that few big passing plays is really hard. And Brian Dable knows this, like you said, to win. Uh, what, he, he had a really good uh, point, an interesting point, I thought, that we brought up before we, you, brought, you brought up before we started recording, right, yesterday on this teleconference or Zoom call, um, talking about their pass blocking. Uh, he, you know, it, it's a – yeah, he knows it's a problem, Uh he and he, when he was basically asked about Daniel Jones dealing with pressure in his face all the time, he basically said, you know, he didn't say he didn't call out the offensive line, but he just he addressed it by saying 
Daniel's doing this right. He's doing this right. It's tough when there's pressure in your face. Um, he's doing this right. He's doing this right, uh, which was basically a uh, veiled way of saying we have an offensive line problem. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, and that, and that also probably trickles to the receivers too. You know, I don't think he was making that point, but uh, you know, there, there was you know, and I, I said before. It, it might be different if Wondell Robinson's around and you also throw Sterling Shepard into that. If you, if you had those two guys and Darius Slayton, now you got some, some threats in that offense, but they haven't had those guys. Uh, you know, they barely had Slayton and Robinson all year. Um, so, you know, but it, it, you know, I mean, not Slayton, uh, Shepard and Robinson all year, but it, again, if you're looking at the future, which probably doing too much given that they're about to play a big game, but you know, okay. If you bring back Shepard, I don't know if they will, but certainly you're going to get Robinson back. I would think you'd bring back either Shepard or Slate one or the other. Um, and then go try to find, you know, the, the, the real big play guy. Um, maybe Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know. <laughs> Suddenly the talk is, he, that's just disappeared, um, you know, because it sounds like he's not really interested in playing in the regular season at all. And that's how he could probably help most help the Giants get into the playoffs. But whatever, it's the point is they have an offensive line problem, they have a receiver problem. And it's starting to sound as if, and, and maybe this is out of uh, necessity because they're not going to be in a position to, to, to pick a quarterback high in the draft that – Daniel Jones is that going to be their quarterback going forward? Um, you know, because that's their best option. Uh, you know, at least that's how I'm reading the tea leaves. And who knows? I could I could be wrong. I've been wrong a lot before. Yeah, no, I think that the most likely way you're going to start over a quarterback is is drafting one, and they're not really in the position to do it or to trade up for a quarterback. So you know that that they have to do a better job of putting pieces around Daniel Jones. And even if you do bring back Darius Slate North Sterling Shepard, and we'll see. You know, Sterling Shepard got you know. When is he even going to be healthy again? Uh, but Slayton's not a number one receiver. They need to go get a number one receiver. Wandale Robinson's not a number one receiver. They need to go get somebody. And uh, as far as Odell Beckham, you know, he obviously did a really nice job of like trying to boost his market. But once the medical test came in, it's like, oh, wait, this guy's not even going to be ready to play in the regular season. I love the, oh, I don't need to play in the regular You're not even going to be ready to play in the regular season anyway. It's hilarious. Like, I, well, I never wanted to anyway. Like, <laughs> like well, you're not healthy. Like, so – um, they're still going to be 31 next year. Like they, they gotta, they gotta get some weapons around Daniel Jones and they also have to address their interior offensive line. Um, getting back to the point from earlier about that Dable quote yesterday. And I, I kind of zoned out a little bit during the zoom call, but you, it was, you brought it up before we started recording. And this was the quote you're talking about. This isn't the full part of the quote, but, uh, when you get pressure right away in the pocket, this is the quote quote, when you get pressure right away in the pocket and there's not much you can do, then the most important thing is to take care of the ball and to live to see another day. Um, okay, so basically saying their pass blocking stinks, uh, and it did stink on Sunday. We'll get to the numbers on that in a second. But um, And so he goes on and on and talking about uh, improvising and taking care of the ball. Um, I'd say regularly you would try to eliminate the ones that they're right on him right now, meaning that the pass rush is right on him. So the first step here you know, to, is is not letting your quarterback uh, feel the pressure in his face right away, and he that happened quite a bit on Sunday. The Giants, with a 41.8 PFF pass blocking grade, their second worst of the season, ahead of only 35.9 in that Week 3 disaster loss against the Cowboys. And so – 
they're they're gonna have to. They're not gonna be able to get rid of Mark Lewinsky, the right guard. They they got to figure out a solution here at left guard, and at uh, and at center um, going forward. And they're they're committed to Evan Neal and committed to Andrew Thomas, who is you know like Andrew Thomas played well for the most part. So um, they have to figure out um, they have to figure out a way to protect Daniel Jones and to get him some playmakers going forward. And like you said, they're going to have to try to smoke and mirrors at this week because they're that's not changing this week. No, and, you know, you go back to, to, to Andrew Thomas for a second, and he has played well. I mean, I mean it's, it's it's been documented that he's been one of the best left tackles in the, in the league this season. Uh, but he, his inability to block Josh Sweat early in the game kind of um, – set the tone for Sunday. I mean, he allowed the sack early. The, the, the Giants moved the ball. They got a first down quick. And then he allows a sack to Josh Sweat, and which, which was kind of the way the Giants offense went the whole game against the Eagles is, you know, oh, it looks like, you know, the whole – actually, the whole game went that way. Oh, it looks like maybe they can do this. And uh, and then they're behind the chains. Uh, you know, they score and then allow a 66-yard return. And they score, and then they allow a 35-yard return, and the Eagles got points again. Uh, but the, the fact that Andrew Thomas allowed that that play, I mean, his his play has slacked off a little bit. He didn't have a great game in Dallas. Uh, he did play pretty well against. I mean, he played he played okay against the, but he's not playing to the same top level he played early in the season. Uh, and they need, and this is a time where they really need all their veteran guys to be at their best. I mean, Fabian Moreau is not by any means a superstar but he's a veteran guy who they had come to count on and he had perhaps his worst game of the season uh two 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 bad penalties you know that again it's early early in a game especially when you're at home against a really good team you want to uh you know things to go as well as possible they're off the field they had stopped them uh or you know maybe forced a field goal early in that game and a penalty fan uh hands to the face and Devontae Smith off the line of scrimmage allows them to get a first down, and that becomes a touchdown. Uh, you know, and these are veteran guys, and they need their their veteran guys for Sunday night to be at their best. They need Dexter Lawrence uh, to be at, be at his best. Um, you know, they need um, – is only his second year, and he actually played a very pretty good game, I thought, against the Eagles. Uh, you know, and he's actually given them – some more pass rush and than they had, uh, and, and Thibodeau has been playing well. They they need all those guys, uh, which you know on defense your edge rushers are your explosive players, and obviously Dexter Lawrence is their best player uh, on defense. They need those guys to really come up and step up. And Julian, you know, I'll, I'll go back to another veteran guy you're really counting on Julian Love. It's fourth and seven. You're off the field if you stop them there. He allows the touchdown to Smith because he goes for the ball instead of the, instead of the body, um, you know, so they had a lot of veteran guys to kind of let them down on Sunday against the Eagles that can't, and they can't afford for that to happen uh, against the commanders. And obviously that you're, you're playing down a level than you were playing this week. Um, but, you know, if you're going to be a, a good veteran player in this league, you live for games like the one you're about to play and they need to be at their best Sunday night. To your point about Andrew Thomas, um, looking at his game against the Eagles on Sunday, he had a 63 pass block grade. He allowed three pressures. Uh, the, the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving, a 56 pass block grade, three pressures. Um, and in, in the other 11 games uh, combined, 
all year. He had only allowed 10 total pressures. Right. So, and his worst pass block rate was a 77 against the Ravens. So these two games, these two important division games, um, stand out as really poor performances by Andrew Thomas. Now, uh, he's, allowed, he's allowed three sacks in the last three weeks, and he allowed zero the first 11 games. Yep, he allowed a sack against Washington. That, that was his only pressure allowed. Right. Uh, he did. He did otherwise perform pretty well. It looks like in that game, fifth best pass blocking grade of the year for him. So the Washington has a really good front. Um, so that will be a, certainly a test for Andrew Thomas in this offensive line. And if he can play, uh, you know, if he can grade out like he did against Washington in, in that first meeting, you know, that's an improvement certainly on how he did against Philly and Dallas in, in those meetings here recently. And um, the 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 kind of the X factor for Washington now is they get Chase Young. I presume we said it. I said it maybe last time. They've been saying it for six weeks. <laughs> I, obviously, the guy had a setback at some point in his ACL, yeah. you know, recovery, which is very unfortunate for him because he's a tre- tremendous talent, tremendously talented player. Um, what do you make of the, fa- you know, what type of factor he could be uh, given this this underlying or really overlying storyline of how poor their pass blocking has been? Yeah, I think that part. You know, maybe you can overhype a little bit because he hasn't played all season. Uh, you yeah. know, and I, I do believe there's such a thing as football shape. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, so, sometimes in those first games, adrenaline can carry a guy uh, beyond what his, uh, you know, and, and the tailoff comes in the games after that because you, you kind of settle in. And he's obviously going to have a lot of adrenaline playing for the first time all year. Um, you know, the, the commanders don't need any help up front. <laughs> they're exactly. already pretty, they're already pretty, pretty good. Uh, very good. Uh, so, so it's just another thing. and just another thing the giants have to deal with here. Uh, and there are a lot of things stacked against them in this game. Um, you know, the, the stories, the story we kept writing at the beginning of the season is, you know, the giants uh, aren't supposed to be very good. Uh, they, 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 as you said, they've won four games as, as underdogs, uh, well, they're an underdog again, and this is the one they have to win. Yeah, and, and Washington is the eighth best pass rush team in the league. Um, so now you talk about why they struggled against Philly and Dallas. Those are the one-two pass rush teams in the league. PFF has them there, and Washington no slouches at eight. And um, you know, a possibility like we said that they could get Chase Young back, whatever. You know whatever he's able to to give them, um, and Daniel Jones against against the Eagles. How much was he under pressure? Well, he was under pressure on eighteen of his thirty three dropbacks. That's just not sustainable. Like when, you, especially when you're trying to come back. Obviously, when you're trying to come back in a game, teams know you have to pass, and they they can, as they say, one of my favorite football uh, euphemisms, pin their ears back uh, and go after you. So um, that that's part of it. That's certainly part of it, but. Um, you know, if they want to repeat what they did against, and I just looked it up, I mean, the games that, that they were underdogs in, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Baltimore, Green Bay, and London. So if they want to repeat what they did in those four games, now, granted, they were only underdogs because the Jaguars game was on the road. You know, this is they're going to be, uh, they're going to have to replicate that sort of resilient uh, mindset in this game Sunday night uh, against Washington. Uh, and they were, they were actually, the commanders were actually favored by two points in that tie that they, that, that Washington and the giants had a couple weeks ago. So most broadly, I think if we just kind of sp- expand it back out here, look, and the, the giants, if you, it's about looking ahead here. And so it's not winning in or losing out. 
right? So, like, regardless of what happens, things could change down the stretch for the Giants. Uh, this is an enormous game. But as as you look at the rest of it, with four games to go, um, the Giants, 45% chance of making the playoffs, according to 538. The Commanders at 73. Um, but really, Seattle's the team to look at there at 55% chance. And then the Lions, still kind of an outside chance at 20%. That You know, that's all pro- projection. And the reason 538 projects some of that stuff is because of remaining strength of schedule. So uh, with four games left, the Giants, as we said, Washington, Minnesota, Indy, Philly. That's what the Giants have ahead of them. They have the second strongest strength of schedule. Now, we'll get to a mitigating factor on that in a second. The Lions are 29 out of 32, so they have a really easy path ahead. Um, Seattle is eight. uh, Washington's five. So the mitigating factor there for the Giants, having the number two strength of schedule, is that the Eagles in Week 18 in Philadelphia might be resting their starters. Uh, Do we think they would... If they're in a position, all right, so like if you're the Eagles and you've already locked up the bye, would you rest your starters in that game? Uh, here's how I would do it. Um, you know, I, I covered actually a lot of Eagles teams that had to had had to face that situation. Um, the year they went to the Super Bowl in 2004, they had – they he Andy Reid rested his players – Essentially, he, he would play them a series, uh, and for the last two games, and then had a bye week. Um, of course, Andy Reid also had a horrible record in the NFC Championship game. Uh, I think with the Eagles, I think he, they were one and four in his five NFC Championship games. So maybe his way wasn't the best way to do it. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't know how Nick Sirianni is going to do with these things. If it was me, I might play my players for a half. Uh, or at least some to keep them sharp. Uh, you know, we, we, we know how Doug Peterson handled it two years ago exactly. when the Giants' season was on the line when they were playing the with the Eagles playing the Commanders, and he played Jalen Hurts for a while and then sat him down, um, went with his backup quarterback, and up in smoke went the Giants' playoff hopes. Um And I, out so, went Doug, Doug out the door. And then out went Doug. Yes. So, and you remember Joe Judge was kicking and screaming about that after the game, and that was obviously different because the Eagles' season was going nowhere, um, and so people were saying they basically tanked the game. Uh, but hey, look, uh, here's the thing that's different now. Obviously, only one team in each conference gets the bye, and so the Eagles would be the. There's no longer two teams to get the bye, so the Eagles would be the total outlier uh, among the teams heading into divisional round weekend. Uh, with, a t- you know, their players potentially having not played in two weeks. D- does that something that Nick Sirianni wants to do? I mean, getting his players out of rhythm. It's a it's a fascinating um, thing here because it could definitely impact uh, whether the Giants make the playoffs because even if they lose to Washington, um, the Giants could certainly beat the Colts at home. And if the Eagles rest their starters, the Giants could certainly win the finale in Philly. Um, that would put the Giants at nine and a half wins. Uh, hypothetically, if Washington wins Sunday, that gives them eight and a half. And uh, Washington closes with, and I don't have the exact order here, but the opponents Washington has to close are Dallas, San Francisco, and Cleveland. Not in that well, order. And, well, interesting enough, their, their last game is against Dallas uh, in in uh, D.C., Landover, Maryland, whatever. Um, Could Dallas know, be resting start, right? They well, Dallas could very well be locked resting their locked starters in. locked into 
to their locked into the five seed uh, because nobody's catching them from behind and they might not have any chance to catch the Eagles. So it's very possible they're resting their starters too. I think the thing, the team, especially because they're going to have to play the next week. And look, it's possible that both Washington and the Giants make the playoffs. It's entirely possible that that happens. Sure. Um, oh yes, because the team. I mean, we talked about Detroit, right? So Detroit's closing strong, and they're kind of trendy right now because they they have won five of six. They're actually they were they've won five of six. They were favored last week uh, at home against the Vikings. Beat the Vikings. They're favored this week at the Jets, but the the the, the Lions close with at Jets, at Panthers, versus Bears, at Packers. So those are four winnable games for the Lions, who could no doubt get to nine or ten wins. Uh, But right now, the team that's nipping at the Giants' heels and why that Sam Darnold performance in Seattle was so important for the Giants is is the Seahawks, who lost to Darnold and the Panthers at home. Brutal loss on Sunday. That happened after the Giants' game. Seattle closes versus the 49ers on Thursday. Short week game, tough opponent, obviously no Jimmy Garoppolo. Then Seattle goes to the Chiefs, then versus Jets versus Rams. So two really tough games next the next two weeks for Seattle, which is and currently – And the Jets aren't an easy game either. So, I mean, no. Right, yeah, they, right. Got, exactly. they, have, they might have the toughest time of any team getting in. They, you know, they really – they look like they were ready to – maybe even win the division when they beat the Giants out there in Seattle. Uh, but they've really tailed off since then. Seattle was seven wins right now at seven and six. And and maybe they only get to eight. Maybe they only get to eight. And that would put the Giants, if the Giants can win one more game, that puts the Giants to 8.5 wins. And that I'm automatically ahead of Seattle there. So um, <laughs> could the Giants get in with, with just one more win? I mean, that's entirely possible too, given the given the what Seattle has left. If Seattle only gets to eight and the Giants win one more game, and they're also at eight, they're really at eight and a half, and they're in uh, ahead of Seattle. Now, obviously, Detroit, we'll see, what, we'll see, because that's the other mitigating factor: their surge and 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 what they have uh, to close the season. The, 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 that that Detroit uh, Jets game on Sunday is really fascinating, and um, you know could go a long way toward determining some of that, the bottom of the NFC playoff picture for the Giants. So I just, but, I just went to the, uh, if the Giants do get in as the seven seed, uh, I want them to, um, I want those 49ers to catch the Vikings because <laughs> I'd much rather go to San Francisco than, um, than Minnesota and, January after having been there on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I would say so. I would say that that would be a, a bit more preferable. The one, the one other point I wanted to make too was um, about this upcoming game is, you know, one thing the Giants did do and absolutely need to do um, on Sunday is, you know, we are still just talking about Taylor Heineken here as the, as the quarterback of the commanders. Um, and it's not, you know, all credit to him. He's had the, had them playing very well since he took over from Carson Wentz, but the giants did sack him five times and pressured him a lot in that game, uh, in the 20 to 20 tie. And they need more of the same in this game because you can, you can make a guy who's looked pretty good as a quarterback, who's probably just an average quarterback back look really bad. If you put him under pressure. The one thing the giants better do, regardless of how well they're able to slow down Heineke they better stop the run. I mean, they were, they've just been an absolute disaster against the run 
the Eagles ran for 253 yards. Washington and the tie ran for 165. The Cowboys 169. The Lions 160. Not surprisingly, the Giants didn't win any of those games. And so, uh, you know, we know we know just because we all were writing about this a couple of weeks ago how much the Commanders lean on the run because of their quarterback deficiencies. And so, right. um, everyone knows that this team is going to run the ball, stop the run. And that's where I think the Leonard Williams factor is. It could be big because he is, you know, for all of the talk about whether he can get sacks, whatever, and he made a bunch of money off the one year when he had a lot of sacks. He's a really good, he's been a really good run stopper throughout his career. That's one thing he's done really, really well ever since the Jets drafted him to stop the run. And so he'll be a big factor in, in whether they're able to stop the run and Brian Robinson and um, in this game on Sunday night. And so, yeah. So what do you think? How do you see it going? What's your, I know you filed your pick already. I didn't have, I'm not looking at it, but uh, what, what's your pick for this game? I picked it. I got to look, look at the score. I, I looked at your pick earlier today too. Uh, what did I, I picked the, I picked the commanders to win. I'm just trying to, and it was, our scores were almost identical. Uh, well, my score for this game was 24, 21 commanders. Oh, you know what? It's crazy. I, I swear, I swear to God, I did not even look at your, I did not look at your pick before I made my pick and I picked the same score. So uh, I didn't, I swear I didn't. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You know what? I You're looking at mine? I just screwed that up. I'm looking at yours. Oh, okay. Uh, hold on one second. I still don't know. I still haven't looked at yours. Hold on one second. Here, here's mine. I, I looked at the wrong one. I picked it. I screwed up. I, well, it's still pretty funny. I picked it 23 to 21. 23 to 21. So, so you're saying the commanders are going to win on a last second safety? Is that what's happening there? <laughs> well, my favorite score of the week is Ravens 9, Braves Browns 5. <laughs> the Ravens have won four games this year, scoring under twenty points. And the last, the last few weeks, the last four weeks, they've scored like thirteen, ten, and some like twelve, and one game scoring thirteen, ten, and twelve. <laughs> so, so we'll, we'll see what happens Sunday. I mean, we've broken this down in this this week, and all the playoff permutations, and the strength of schedule, and who's left, and all the percentages, and the pecking order. But you know what? It all comes down to what happens on the field and all these what ifs and uh, strength of schedule and percentages from five thirty eight and all that stuff. Uh, it's just it's just uh, you know speculative and uh, and let's see what happens Sunday night. So it should be a fascinating game Sunday night uh, in Landover. Enjoy the game to anyone who happens to be uh, traveling down there. I would suggest taking the train and not doing that hellacious drive if you are making the trip down to Landover. I'm doing the drive. Come on, do the drive. Have some adventure. <laughs> I will not be doing the drive. I'll be taking the train and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, whoever goes to that game, you know, they, it's a dump of a stadium. Let's be honest. It's, it's a brutal place to see a game, uh, but it is going to be a great, uh, well, maybe not a great game, but a, a hugely important game for, um, for the Giants playoffs, hope, playoff hopes. So we'll see what happens. And uh, regardless of what happens, we'll be back here with you guys uh probably uh, exactly a week from now, next Tuesday, and we'll see where the Giants are at then. So everyone enjoy your week and take care.